Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Ewan Lawson. And in this episode, we talk to Claire Friedman-Smith, a senior researcher at the Nuffield Department of Primary Care Health Sciences, University of Oxford in the UK. And the paper is GP's Use of Gut Feelings When Assessing Cancer in Primary Care, a qualitative study. You can read the paper, of course, uh, at bjgp.org and the link is in the show notes as well as being available at bjgplife.com. Now, GP's gut feelings have been criticised in the past because they've been perceived as being very subjective. However, this qualitative study really explores that a little bit more um, and has some very interesting findings around how GPs actually use these to help navigate uh, the consultations and to come to diagnoses. Last year, Claire was also involved in publishing a systematic review that looked at GPs and gut feelings. And I've started by asking her to explain a little bit more about this background and how that feeds into this particular study. We did a systematic review, um, which was published in the BJGP about the middle of last year. And that was really to look at the literature around gut feelings that had already been published and to try and get an overall picture of what had been found with them so far Um, and what we found was um, gut feelings were predictive or papers were reporting that gut feelings were predictive of a cancer diagnosis Um, and they were about four times more predictive if a gut feeling was present than if a gut feeling wasn't present Um, so that was the sort of quantitative bit of that paper and we also looked at the sorts of things that get talked about quite a lot in literature about what gut feelings are what triggers them, um, how GPs use them. Um, so that literature review formed the basis of the then the GP interviews that, that we did later. And I think the whole idea of gut feelings strikes a chord with GPs, particularly if you're more experienced, that, and yeah. that sometimes we struggle to put it into words and to express exactly what we mean by gut feelings. And that perhaps leads us nicely into your this bit of research. Um, and I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what you did here. This was a qualitative study, and we interviewed 19 GPs um, who had previously made a referral to a different project that we're involved in called the SCAN pathway, which is a suspected cancer pathway which has been trialled in Oxfordshire. Um, And as part of that pathway, GPs were given the option to be able to refer patients based on a gut feeling. So one of the referral criteria was GP gut feeling, and they could refer a patient based purely on gut feeling or also as a combination of gut feeling plus um, a few other vague symptoms, so things like fatigue and weight loss and sort of lab um, results that were a bit awry. So we contacted GPs that had referred to the scan pathway and asked them if they wanted to be interviewed, and we interviewed 19 of them. Um, And the purpose of that study was really to just... um, dig down a little bit more on what we had learnt from this, the literature review um, and talk to GPs about what they thought about gut feelings, how they used gut feelings um, and how they saw them fitting in with sort of evidence-based medicine and guidelines in primary care as well. Yeah, I should ask a little bit about the scan pathway. Uh, uh, I'm not yeah. sure I've seen that. Are you aware of anywhere else in the country or I suppose in the world that has a formal cancer referral pathways where gut feeling like this has been added in as a criterion, or is that very was it is it quite unique? It is quite unique. So the scan pathway is part of a CRUK 
um, set of studies called the ACE program, and it's ACE Wave 2. Um, and there were, uh, I don't remember exactly how many, but I think probably about 10 different sites across the UK um, who did a vague referral pathway. Um, and I think one or two of them also included a gut-feeling referral criterion. Um, and then there's also some Danish cancer pathways who also allowed GPs to refer on a gut feeling. But apart from those, no, not really. Sort of scan is fairly unique or fairly unusual in allowing GPs to make their sort of purely gut feeling referral. Yeah. So we should ask, tell us a little bit more about what you found in your qualitative study now. Yeah, so... Um, we spoke to GPs about how they felt about um, gut feeling and they, they sort of started off by mentioning a lot of the usual triggers. Um, so things like patients that they don't see very often who suddenly come in, um, patients who they don't see as normally being um, warriors who now are co coming in saying that they're unwell. Um, and also sort of this, the subtle um, things like change in skin colour or um, a change in the way a person sits that has been talked about previously in the literature um, as well. So those are the sorts of things we were um, hearing from them. We also got told things like um, they weren't very comfortable with the notion of gut feelings being unscientific or sort of a sixth sense or magical or anything like that. They very much saw gut feeling as being a culmination of their experience and their clinical knowledge and also the knowledge of the patient. And all of those things combined to allow them to be able to notice these subtle changes, which then made them think, oh, actually, maybe this person needs to be seen or needs to be investigated further. And they also talked about gut feelings not being sort of at the end of the road. They were sort of the beginning they were the trigger that then led to investigations. So gut feelings have been criticised in the past as being a bit too subjective, not really fitting in with evidence-based medicine. But the way that the GPs were describing them to us, as they were using them as a way to really um, get into the sort of the evidence that could then be built up to create a case for the patient being investigated further. Um, so they would do things like speaking about the patient with um, colleagues, if, particularly if they were less experienced, they would take the case to more experienced colleagues. Um, they would look more carefully at guidelines to see how the patient could be fitted to those guidelines. They would also maybe do extra investigations, like blood tests, for example, to try and build the case for whether or not the patient um, needed to be seen in secondary care yeah i think that's a really fascinating aspect to this and you you start on this end of the, the discussion of the paper that you know that and as you say there already gps weren't regarding this as magical and as unscientific it's not something that gets kind of beamed down in some way they're using it kind of just as a starting point in many ways to go on to do to deal with the complexity we find in primary care I, I thought that was particularly interesting because there are some of the gps and you mentioned this is one of the um in the findings in the paper they use those gut feelings to help navigate the gray areas the, the the patients that don't quite fit into the guidance perfectly but yet you know that experience and clinical knowledge can then come to the fore and gut feelings are all part of that yeah yeah exactly so the the gray area was something that came out quite strongly um from the gps and it was it was an area where either the patient 
they believed the patient was ill or they needed to be investigated, but they weren't quite meeting the thresholds that were in guidelines or they had symptoms that were not in guidelines. Um, and then also, on the other hand, they were sort of, there could be patients who were meeting guidelines. So I think one of the GPs gave an example of three different patients coming in, coughing up blood. And if you go by the guidelines, all three of them should be investigated. But actually, you know that one of these patients, this, this is something that is normal for them sort of thing. Um, so the, the, the GP's knowledge of what is normal for their individual patient was what helped them to navigate this sort of gray area of primary care that's come about because guidelines don't quite cover all of the complexity that you find in primary care just because GPs are seeing patients at either very early disease stages um, and there's just that the sort of undifferentiated nature of primary care creates this gray zone along with the guidelines. Yeah. And you mentioned this in the discussion around grey areas. That it's, they're very much, and the phrase you use is grounded in the longitudinal relationships with patients. So, again, yeah. something that comes up time and time again with GPs and primary care. And what we'd all like to see is this continuity of care, um, yeah. and you know, and how that works and how that um, how that plays out in practice. We we should be scrupulously fair and talk a little bit about the lim- just you know, there's maybe the limitations of the study in terms of. And one limitation was these were people these were GPs who'd had the opportunity to refer on gut feelings, so that's probably something we should acknowledge. Yes, definitely. Um, so these were GPs who. They all understood what gut feelings were, and they were, were all sort of supporters of the use of gut feelings. We had tried um, to, um, when we went through the sort of lists of GPs who had referred to the scan pathway, we had tried also to recruit GPs who hadn't referred on a gut feeling, so they'd used the other vague symptoms as their referral criterion instead. Um, but it just happened, as it happens in qualitative research, that those were not the people who responded to the invitation um so it would be a really interesting um other direction for research to take to try and speak to people who were maybe less supportive of the use of gut feelings yeah i think maybe even gps who've not perhaps had it directly put to them as gut feelings will recognize a lot of what we're discussing though in terms of navigating these gray areas yeah, definitely. And also, I mean, the GPs who spoke to us, they didn't always refer to them as gut feelings. There was lots of um, talk of clinical judgment um, and sort of clinical decision making. So it's, as I said, they, they very much didn't think of it as a, a sixth sense or something other. Um, it was sort of a part of judgment and grounded in sort of clinical knowledge and knowledge of the patient that gets built up over time. Um, so they did try to take it away from the sort of magical airy concept that it can sometimes be seen as yeah i think maybe on first glance it looks like that claire it's it's really fascinating could i get you to perhaps summarize in uh in a, if you can manage obviously what was a complex and involved study in just a few words yeah so the gps we spoke to felt like gut feelings were really important to navigate the gray zone of primary care that exists because there are so many patients coming to them with undifferentiated disease. Um, and they were really, um, they, they, they thought of gut feeling as the start of a process rather than the end of it. So it was a trigger to try and find out what was wrong with the patient, whether that was doing more investigations or clinical reasoning or speaking to colleagues. It was the beginning of trying to um, establish what was wrong with that patient. 
Claire, that's so helpful. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again. Thanks again.